Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. In today's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast, we are going to visit Malaysia. And we are going to talk to expert in B2B market research and digital marketer, Elton Kua. Hi, Elton. Thank you very much for joining us today on our LinkedIn Smart Podcast. So I would like to ask, is there any specific things in LinkedIn in Malaysia? So LinkedIn in Malaysia is actually pretty new. So they have only operations last year in Kuala Lumpur. So the way how I was exposed to LinkedIn was from Singapore. So Singapore is the lead in terms of Asia Pacific, which is the region that uh, inside Asia. So I uh, actually more familiar with uh, Singapore side. <laughs> uh, but to tell the context of the diversity, so the channel which you compared in region, say you are in Dubai, mainly there are people that you connect with in Europe region, for example, which is more closer. So our side is more on like different languages. So we have a different feature, like we have a Malay language specifically right now for LinkedIn builders. So a lot of uh, things like keyword research, if you put in your profile, so they have a bilingual version of English and Malay. So that's the very first predominant differences. Uh, I think the second point that I would bring up is in terms of why the diversity topic that I bring in in the previous discussion, like the point just now, so because we have like a policies and talents development that speaks multiple languages. So that is one area that actually is a rising trend here in Southeast Asia. <laughs> mm-hmm. so a lot of features that you see in your region, maybe you won't find it probably this here because we have spoke many different, like 10 different languages in Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Do you see that the people in Malaysia, especially the business business people in Malaysia, starting to use LinkedIn more and more? And uh, if so, what kind of trends do you see in there? So I actually, when in Malaysia right now, mainly the first pioneer to use LinkedIn are recruiters because normally they source for recruitment people to source through LinkedIn. So that is the first profession that adopts this but now over a period of time, so in now I was in a business circle. So there is obviously business owner trend who wants to do business sales within outside of Malaysia in sales. For my case, I deal with business in the United States and in China. So that is one area that I foresee that whoever steps on LinkedIn will be the first prime advantage. So I actually currently serving as a mentor for professionals within China region. <laughs> And one of the features, uh, they actually talk a lot right now. So they do a sort of a LinkedIn live as what they're introducing now in this region. So this, imagine yourself as a podcaster in the times like this pandemic, you want to reach out to the serious business people doing a lot of like e-commerce kind of industries. You want to do a buyer and seller distributor. So there is already a trend coming into this picture through the LinkedIn live. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. Thank you very much for, for that. Let's talk about a little bit about you and what you do and uh, how you help people. What you do on LinkedIn? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so in terms of uh, background, I was actually like a um, certified marketer is in the LinkedIn profile. So my skill set in LinkedIn uh, will be more on like business to business, B2B, uh, market lead generation. 
um, also the digital insights. So a lot of the clients that I help predominantly, they are like consulting firms, uh, SaaS industries, and also they are in, uh, say, manufacturing services uh, based on what I do earlier for them. So a lot of um, people, the businesses, they engage my specialty services because I do a lot of inside marketing mapping. So what I mean is that basically the process of say, I want to find a new market entry through from foreign regions customers to say in Thai Asia. So predominantly they want to find out how the best way to do it by LinkedIn. And I was the one who practiced this approach to the people who wants to come into this region specifically. Yeah, so that's a little bit brief. Awesome. So how do you use LinkedIn for this, this specific outreach? How do you do that? Yeah, so I think I have a whole piece of paper that I've written that they can just share it on that link that I shared with you earlier. So normally there are a few ways how we go about it. Um, but I will first portray in terms of, let's say in marketing funnel, you have like a brand awareness all the way up to considerations and also to even conversions. So that's typical uh, AIDA like most marketers will know. Um, what I think the main point that when I first started on LinkedIn, uh, a lot of marketers, they will definitely know that finding, optimize their profile is one of the first steps that they do, irregardless if you are building a company or business. So that is the first step that I will normally look at what's the value proposition of his companies, uh, what's the skill set specifically, and also like what is the key message, the call to action. So I think there is also a framework where I will put this in, in the form of like uh, AIDA framework and also if one of my reference documents that I put in the blogs, so there is a specific industry, say for corporate development, there are certain keywords that are included in the profile. So it's imagine if uh, I'm typing SEO, what kind of keywords do I find in, say if I want to find a corporate development strategies, for example. So I put in like AMA, developing partnerships, joint ventures, licensing, port merger, integration, so they are already like six keywords and any people type in, they'll find in these keywords. So coming to the part where, when it comes to the detailed lead to lead generations. So I use a principle like a marketing automation text. For example, I use a tool called Reply.io. And then when I first send in a message to a co-prospect, say to Vivek or whoever to find me as well. So I will notice that, oh, actually we may have a common mutual friend. So it could be a warm referral to the introductions and probably that's the best way to get reached to out somebody. Um, so the follow-up message will be like, uh, would there be a one interesting challenge that you face in the current specific role that you're doing? Because normally the people that I talk to in terms of uh, buyer and suppliers, so in terms of buyers where my client is trying to reach out as a supplier's perspective, they wanted to address what kind of projects that probably need a, some specific supplies that in my region currently is not supplying. So normally that's a message that I have to portray in that form of where, so a form of wrong referral comes in and how does the product value propositions comes into the framework as well. So in a message where there are also a situation, there's a social touch, which is I think one of the important elements now in pandemic. So how would I portray that I care for this company of this business that I've never met before? That's something that we have always worked out from a client's point of view and talk to better lead prospect and generations and conversions comes in. Yeah, mm. so I'll stop here first. 
No, no, it's, uh, it's interesting that um, you touch upon one thing, which is uh, a bit of a taboo, a bit of a, bit of a, a you know, shady ground there, and uh, that is, that is uh, automation. But I know that many people, they are using automation, you know, in a very good way, uh, to be honest. So, so I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, how do you use automation and how you make sure that you not end up with, with some, you know, LinkedIn jail problems and, and things like that? Okay. So that's a very good, uh, interesting point. So what happens is that previously I used like a hack like a lamp pot. So if for those who have not heard what is lamp pot, it's basically like a pot where everybody joins in and when somebody types in a message and then it spreads out among the community members of the lamp pot itself. So it becomes like virality, increase the viral reach towards whoever sits on the LinkedIn profile. So that's where the issue where it comes, your band comes in because that happens in uh, some of the pods that I was in before. Well, right now, what I did with the recent changes, uh, with specifically, say, I'm using a reply I.O. So imagine that you send in about 50 prospects per day. So there's a control that you need to do. And when I send in the automation sequences, so imagine if I'm using an email autoresponder, which is the features provided by reply I.O. So I tend to use like a personalization to certain people. So I categorize these people, say, corporate development with one category, business partnerships will be another category. So imagine when I message that I reach in to them. So I'll say a slightly different messages that comes into the picture, depending on what cues of the keywords that I used earlier. So I have used also another tool called Crystal Store AI. So Crystal helps to personalize the messages based on the person's personality. And if there is a way that I would measure up, how do I say uh, important key messages? So the perception of the spam will be a bit less on the client side. In fact, actually I did a test like pitching to investors prospects like I never met before. And out of the 20 contacts leads, I just asked them like a referral to bridge me to the other person to add on to the detailness of the message personalization. So I did like the results of like three out of 20 comes in back and says, we are ready to pitch and listen to you. <laughs> So I think that rapport building is where you need to think of through in terms line of personalization as well. Yeah, so I think that hope helps a bit. Yeah. Sure. I understand that, you know, many times uh, people are using automations because they want to just cut the corner or, you know, shorten the time they spent on a, on a LinkedIn. Yet for, for many of us, LinkedIn is really a social media platform where the social aspect is very, very important. And actually, you know, filtering the clients, filtering the prospects is the most important part. You know, why would you say that uh, people should use automations? What is the benefit? Uh, well, that's the answer is very simple. If I imagine like now I'm a, like a single solo pruner or whoever it is, so I won't have activities to do manually reach out to everybody that I think on my list. So even though I can do it manually, it takes a long time. And also we want to work with people that we can qualify easily to connect further. So in order to get like uh, email marketing lists in theory, you need about seven follow-ups to get through message to specific reply. So that message itself, you can imagine the scale of marketing. If seven times 20 is about 140 messages, which is a lot for one person. So I think to bring up the perspective of like automation plus personalization, it will be possible if let's say you can utilize a feature like, you know, if I spoke on the message box, you notice there's an element I can include my video on it so that people can actually recognize my face when I talk to them. So it's like easier. And the way how I think automation can be built better 
to avoid the spam or being bought. So what I did in the first message, which is a secret that many people don't know, <laughs> is normally when I ask in the first message is, um, do you work out in this company and face the same challenge as what you think the job is? Because that's what we do, like a survey, for example. But the survey doesn't sound like, I want to do business straight away with you. And most people actually reply to them that, ah, I think it's a very interesting point that you mentioned. Uh, what could I do from there? So the next stage I will ask them is like, oh, we have like resources that you can go and opt into my form or website and then get my email contacts further. So I give them like a quick wins ratio. So that quick win was being taught by my mentor, Beth Flynn, which is like whenever people reply my message, I will try to figure out the next stage, what do they want in terms of their reply and I feed them with the right relevant answers. So I become the resources for them. So that's the way in terms of automation blending with personalization. Okay. A lot of people doesn't think through along that line. <laughs> when I send them the details of the phone. Yeah, so I hope that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elton, you mentioned Respond.io, you, you mentioned uh, Lamport. What are the other tools, uh, automation tools, which uh, you would recommend and you would think that um, they are kind of uh, okay to use? Uh, okay, so it depends on the series of uh, process line, like in terms of marketing flow, like awareness, like even to up the way to conversions and analytics. So there are uh, tools that I saw like LinkedIn Helper before prior to Reply.io, which is uh, quite useful for virtual assistants on LinkedIn. So it does partially the part that I mentioned, but Reply.io does more because of the extensiveness of extraction and validation of context and also like sequences to reach out in different platforms. So that's uh, probably like LinkedIn Helper is one. Um, I've used like content studio even to build in the post. So even the postings, uh, in the message that day to day. So I build engagements like I will create a how to list write up, storytelling write up, or even like a controversial kind of mindset write up. So I'll flip something out of the conversions and I say that, oh, what do you guys have in mind to comment add on this? So it becomes a different way of automations, but it gives them the resources. Um, the other ones that I think it's for the analytics, they have also like shield.ai. So Shield.ai gives you a ratio of like who actually reads the profile, what category are they, and then like, you know, even they give you how are they commenting on posts at certain times. So if you have that information, you can actually know in future when you do LinkedIn targeting, that will be a good way to reach out to the audience as well. So I think the LinkedIn itself, if you're talking about free tools for the most audience, LinkedIn by have a Vinity video and live, they have actually have a very good resources just to add on to my solutions. It will be complement a marketing framework flow to ensure that you can scale. So that's where I would uh, put benchmark on that. If you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step -step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. During your life uh, on, on LinkedIn, during the, the, your, your you know, business, uh, business time on, on LinkedIn, uh, when you're helping people, you definitely have seen many people who are doing, you know, not really good things 
I would say the wrong wrong way how to how to automate certain things. Could you could you tell us you know what are the main mistakes which uh, people normally making on on LinkedIn? I can tell a few because I got a few recently like today especially when I activated. So some like when they reply on the messages, so they do like a lot of like a spray marketing as I call it. So what does actually spray marketing in my jargon? Basically, is I don't know the person very well, and I just like spam message the same message to this guy, and thinking that I want to listen further. So there was actually a funnel software that they carries, and they just want me to take a look at the whole features without telling me like why should I be looking at you as a person. So that's already like one of the things that keeps me kind of. Uh, turn off a bit. Uh, the second point that I would bring in is when the certain process in the terms of conversation. So I was actually been like a lady from China who actually engages like those regular spammers, but they acted like a very professionally, like saying a lot of uh, details about how much do I know about my family, how much do I know about this, or how much do I do that. So it's like it's not the language that the LinkedIn users normally recognize because LinkedIn is more like a social, but it's in a workplace setting. So those languages will be like, I would click report our spend to LinkedIn plots. So even as advisors, uh, like because I'm in a LinkedIn mentors program, so I do talk to LinkedIn people in China itself, like how does the communications between the locals like to address to the people that they don't know. So they would say this like, if you follow like certain guides on LinkedIn, if your language is not English, it's not your first language, which is the most common thing now. Uh, just try to use the LinkedIn features that's a name that you can pronounce. So that first thing that people get your names correctly. And then the second thing is they ask me to use video because in Americans, they don't recognize my voice. So they just want to authenticate you as a person. And being through your picture right, right now, the video actually helps a lot more in the building rapport connections without just a text. So that's what they told in these few areas as a basic. Okay, okay. When client approaches you or when you're approaching client, what are the first things you actually do with them in terms of LinkedIn? Where, where do you start? Uh, all right, so that's a very interesting question. So depending on certain clients, I would, before they ask me, so I would just look at their LinkedIn profile first to do some findings, how actually they're doing on LinkedIn. So mostly that uh, some, they may do it as like, I have a LinkedIn profile. I may have a page, but I didn't really actively engage. So that's the first step that I would determine from there. Or they came to a second row, which is more common is I don't even have a presence on LinkedIn. So most of the time that I come across is uh, these two kind of categorization. So what I will help is uh, there will be a series of uh, questionnaires that, oh, Okay, if you have a certain profile split up, so what's your value proposition? Who's the customer? So what do you do in your sales funnel in the customers? What will be the challenge that if this prospect comes, how would you help them to solve the most environment problem? Because that's the same problem that I ask even to my first message to the cold prospect that I've never talked to. And the message replies always comes back like 80% of the response. So there was a trend that we will test also with the client's market. Uh, if they have even a way to like a proper follow-up sequencing, rather than just saying that I built my presence and people found me by SEO and keywords, what would be the steps after you do them in terms of automation? So there are some savvy clients who ask that as well. <laughs> okay. And would you, would you recommend them free or paid LinkedIn? 
Um, so that's a very good question. Um, in terms of like, in some clients' case, if they have say a budget for like a paid campaigns for six months, so if now the clients will say that I want to achieve a certain target audience of uh, 20 leads, which is the common names that are here. So there will obviously be some form of uh, mixtures of free for initials. So there is a tool for recruit in that does the free lead generations prospect. So if they want a free way to do it, it will take the longer steps for them to do. But if they want like say great results within three months or less, then I need to give them a headache way free. <laughs> it's not free costings to pay. So in the terms of that, they will invest in the tools that I mentioned earlier. So there are some others that I use even to find the lead and all that as a form of generation. And they will need to invest in the terms of like email marketing tools and also like build a lead gen form on the LinkedIn itself. So there is some form of investment to LinkedIn. So what I think is important for the client's perspective is how would they see the actual value of the marketer being worked with their business vision? Because not many owners seems able to capture like because of digital, how is the offline salesperson acts on digital space? <laughs> and that's yeah. the kind of mutual alignment that we always try to figure out when we first started the discussion. Hmm. We're talking about uh, lead generation and uh, you know how to, how to drive a business from LinkedIn. Uh, how important in this framework is creating content? So that is a very interesting point question. Uh, a lot of content generation being in marketers mentioned is very critical to do in terms of users engagement specifically. So why would that be something that important for owners? So they won't see as a lead generation as the most important thing. They just want to know that how will I connect with the customer's prospect is the most important thing. But imagine if I talk to say a prospect like investors that are pitched by email templates and the investor says, I don't even know how does your business creates a value to the society. And that is the form of articles or podcasts or whoever, which is a brand awareness history. So they won't have a trust connections that comes in there. So I think one of the more interesting question that my prospect or the clients actually ask is, what is the real content that is useful for people to come and comment on my page? So I was telling them a few things on LinkedIn when I find to find, uh, don't just write a basic one-liner text and say that this is how my company looks like or how good is my company. Rather, what I would think is if I do a simple hashtag on the keywords on this guy's profession, say a corporate development example, now how would my company serve a use case of corporate development down the road, say in terms of innovations or in terms of pandemic, now how do I shorten a certain sales cycle deal to ensure that my business sustainability. So I have to use different language, which is something meaningful for them to actually react and comment. So that's the part where I think a lot of rooms to discuss, to play around it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're mentioning something very, very interesting. And that is that, uh, of course, the content is extremely important because uh, if um, somebody wants to do a business with you and they check the LinkedIn and there is actually nothing you know, no any activity in terms of a content, then perhaps that really doesn't doesn't re really give a reputation to your company. Uh, so it is important to actually do that. 
How important for you or for your clients, which you work with, is actually balance that business page versus a personal profile? Because we know that LinkedIn is heavily promoting the personal profiles rather than the business pages. So how is it, you know, do you, do you make some, some balance between, you know, what you post on a business page and what you post on a personal profile? So I think it's both ways. If I'm the CEO of the company, so I'll definitely have to be activated on the both channels. So on the business and personal. So let me just give an analogy to help the audience understand what I mean by this. The example like a company says between like Asia, which is the flight companies in the airline. So obviously I will put in like a lot of useful travel tips in this pandemic times and I can through uh, like a front promotions of business or do talent recruitment solutions. And the topics will be geared towards something in terms of corporate channels. But if the same CEO wants to create a brand awareness, says, I want to do some ventures, but this venture at the moment is not yet being legalized yet, says in the form of his company. And it's just like something, maybe a journalist asks a personal opinion out of the personal capacity. So he can actually mention this in the personal profile. So I think the way how the interaction comes is that uh, most CEOs actually will still use the chat features in the personal because that's where the company business doesn't have that function. Unlike in Facebook, for example, you can chat in both companies and all that. So, try. so there will be a spokesperson account that you create if let's say there's some intermediary communications channels between the personal profile. Uh, what I think is actually when I do with the clients now, so they will actually ask the CEOs to say that uh, here's some personal reviews I have come across certain initiatives that I do and what will be a great mistakes that probably if we don't do this an example so that was the way the trust is more important because I listen to the direct person speaking it rather than actually a robot that probably sits behind and I don't know who is that sits in a company's account so I think that's a way to go about it so in terms of ratio there's no mix it depends actually a lot on how the company's culture do they encourage like people to talk so in Malaysia, we have a challenge where the CEO doesn't like to talk much. They appoint a corporate communication officer, uh, preferably a senior management to actually represent the CEOs. So there will be have a safe space for that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very, very interesting point because many times it happens like this CEO doesn't really want to be out there, doesn't really want to be the face of the company. And then uh, it's uh, it's boiled down to somebody like you mentioned, you know, communication manager or, or you know, uh, marketing, marketing people there and um, they are speaking on behalf of the company but um, yeah that's maybe maybe not the ideal situation because obviously you want to always have the business to business relationship as a human to human relationship right so when you're connecting with somebody on the linkedin you'd like to connect with um, you know with a personal profile rather than with a with a business profile so that's uh, yeah. I think I think that's that's quite clear. Is there anything anything else uh, which you see like because you're working with uh, with the different group groups uh, different uh, businesses across the world? Um, you're working with Chinese businesses. You're working with some international businesses. Do you see any differences in how they use LinkedIn in in their specific countries? Uh, I would say that there's actually a very big difference in terms of how the user behavior comes in. So it's let's say perfect. Americans, for example, on LinkedIn, they tend to be a lot more like put themselves comfortable on cameras and do a lot of LinkedIn, what they call a feature native video. So they like to use themselves as like a reference topics to discuss a storytelling and they're very good at 
delivering the key message salient that I've been earlier. So I have like a framework even on a piece of paper, like says what's the LinkedIn frameworks and algorithm comes in. So they tend to favor personalizations that uses a certain LinkedIn native videos. Okay, so in terms of the, let's say in China, so China uses it a bit differently. They probably in terms of the LinkedIn users, they will use a lot of like integrations with platforms such as Hotosing, which is the event company's page or WeChat link. And then they will ask you to register on WeChat. So the call to action is becomes uh, different and they like to pull out QR codes to actually like connect further. So that doesn't happen in America. Like, you know, what is QR code <laughs> in my context? So in China, they are very comfortable doing using QR codes. So if you notice the company's branding on LinkedIn, they always ask you to scan a lot of things to get free updates of myself. Mm. So get a thing about a trend. So in terms of where I'm in right now, uh, in terms of Asia specifically. Now, what is interesting point is, what is the best practice that I can adopt for each of these countries to say, build a certain market traction? Because imagine now we are still in a growth trending stage. So mm. we would be thinking like, which channel of the marketing, like omni-channel, we would think in the broad space, how do LinkedIn say can be work well, say with uh, platforms such as YouTube, blogs, or even CRM systems. Because mm. that's where I invest my automation time now. Which mm. time that I can save as a routine space, which time can I do in says I want to connect further with different customers in different spaces. This is how I go about it. So I need to create different playbooks for each. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Elton, do you see that LinkedIn will be developing in, in countries like China and Malaysia. Do you see the future for LinkedIn there? Uh, right now, there is actually like an important discussions that I have with the LinkedIn as a team, especially the Chinese. They have an opinion like, uh, I have a mentorship space that I created. So they are approaching differently in terms of building community engagement, which is something that Facebook obviously dominated the space when they first started. But LinkedIn now is trying to create uh, ways to engage the community better in certain groups because they found it is a very useful way to get the engagement comes across. Mm -hmm. And I was giving an opinion that one of the ways that how we can build a history, if there's the build a hashtag which you probably come across in your postings right now, mm -hmm. you notice the challenge as well is that I can't say for hashtags of a certain post that I built in and I can't reference to a client prospect says that oh, this is the good education hashtag in series four says hashtag education uh, Alton because that's where certain people use hashtag says in TikTok channels, they have a ways to call the AI functions of this. So a lot of uh, AI artificial intelligence, they are moving gradually in the space of content optimizations, recommendation engines, etc. etc. So the only reason I think, uh, which is a double edged sword for me at the moment, like if I use this space due to LinkedIn's strict terms of privacy compliance, like I don't allow to spam anybody. Their viral reach using hashtag is actually quite limited to explore compared to other platform space in the picture. Mm. So in the form of now, like the graduation of migration, LinkedIn probably is good for those who don't like frequent changes on the algorithms by other social media platforms. But if you can think of a way that categorize something in the more user-friendly, like how Google indexed their search engine, that will be a good feature for LinkedIn to move forward. Yeah, Elton, talking about LinkedIn features, I know that um, many of many of people who are using LinkedIn on a regular basis very often, you know, they always feel like, oh, LinkedIn could improve this, could improve that. 
What is your take on this? You know, what would you like to be improved on LinkedIn? Uh, to be fairly put on this question, right? So I think I'll be a bit biased because I do talk to LinkedIn that's not already on this. So I have a lot of unfair advantage on this topic when it comes to like what I want. <laughs> so I think aside from what I said earlier about why the content optimization, because I'm a content creator, uh, obviously I think in LinkedIn, like I you know allowing us to connect with, say, building rapport without me like, you know, figuring out how to add, waiting for the other party to approve the message. Actually, that will be something that they will look into, hopefully, because that's where I think in the terms of cold call conversation. So imagine if I cold call to you, I can draw a WhatsApp note to somebody that I don't know, but it's just that maybe you don't like me. So how would I be able to do the same in that effect on LinkedIn, right? Because LinkedIn is very strict. Like if I try to add too many people that I don't know, they'll probably block me from adding others or maybe my account will be being closed. <laughs> so that's uh, one that I think they would like to have him. Uh, obviously, I think they also understand one of the aspects, especially when it comes to China now. So a lot of platforms such as YouTube, which is annoyingly for me is I have a lot of videos that I saw on YouTube, but I can't show to my Chinese clients because YouTube is not allowed to be shown on China. <laughs> so I will hope that there's a way that they will allow this space mutually where I don't need to download all the videos down to storage to a Chinese video platform. And then I have to upload it manually for my end. So that's where the pain now comes in. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. I think I think we could we could spend some more hours, you know, talking about LinkedIn and, and how to apply it in different different countries for you. But before we go, I would like to I would like to ask you: Is there any, anything specific you want to you want to mention uh, about about LinkedIn uh, before we before we wrap it up uh, today? Uh, okay, so that is a very, thanks for the mention as well. Uh, I just want to shout out first thing is uh, because I was in the men LinkedIn Mentor China, uh, just for the Chinese professionals. So if you blast it on your podcast, so I will just appreciate a shout out on the LinkedIn Mentorship LinkedIn page. And they were actually able to connect me directly inside there. So there's uh, unfair features that you can see that <laughs> other LinkedIn creators doesn't have that one. Um, so the point when I want to highlight also is because right now in terms of the LinkedIn, what I'm planning to do now on the platform. So I'm moving gradually from a personal profile, which is I'm more active to a page and community. So uh, feel free to connect me on the LinkedIn profile as like Elton Kwa or go to my website, eltonkwaconsulting.com. So there's the updates that I'm going to roll out gradually to take time to roll out this. Yeah, and uh, thanks to you as well for coming me on the line of this podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Elton, thank you very much once again for talking to us today. It was uh, very, very insightful. Uh, thank you for all the wisdom, all the information which you shared with us. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, I hope to see you very soon again. Uh, sure. Welcome to the Sagara again. Uh, yeah, and have a good day. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.